You're listening to the Slavic Literature Pod, your shelf-help guide to all things Slavic. I'm Cameron Lalana. And you might know me as Matt Gerasimovich. Legally speaking, anyway. <laughs> and today we are covering Part 1, Chapter 16 of Vasily Grossman's Life and Fate, continuing on with the family life of the Shaposhnikovs, this time learning a little bit more about the eldest of the family, Alexandra Vladimirovna, and her relationship with her daughter, as well as the rest of the family, but mostly her daughter. Anywhere that you would like to start in particular today. So there, there is this point that I wanted to bring up because we're going to get to more of this discussion on the evacuees and what it means to have them all smushed together in one one city. And you'll have to keep in mind that the Soviet Union and Russia specifically was already pretty concentrated when it came to, uh, you know, people that were moving and shaking. Uh, pretty much m- most of them were in Moscow. A lot of them, you know, also could have been St. Petersburg. But you get all these people from sort of big centers and they're, and they're pushed into very, very small places. And this creates a kind of interesting effect. And I think this was in Stalingrad too, the relationship of those who evacuate versus who, those who stay, you know, where people go becomes a really political subject. And not just like government political, but sort of like interpersonally, it becomes sort of very political. And there is this point where there is a, a discuss a discussion going on where Alexander says, you've got your own little circle of fellow evacuees from Moscow and everyone else, everyone you happen to meet in a train or in the theater is just a nobody. Your friends are the people uh, who've built themselves dodges in the same place as you have. Your sister Genya is just the same. Genya is just catching strays and pretty much all, all aspects of the narrative, which is awesome. Um, that's kind of, I think, the duty of the youngest sibling, generally speaking. Um, my youngest is she doesn't listen to the podcast, so she wouldn't uh, she wouldn't hear this comment. She wouldn't hear herself also catching strays midway through the series. Well, it's befitting as as the youngest child, they don't know when they're catching strays from the rest of their family. Which is uh, as much as it is to know that they're catching those, it's even a bigger job. To not know how many are right. being thrown your way. The absence of strays. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The absence <laughs> of knowledge of strays is really something that's it's pressing. Yeah. No, but this sort of just the, I don't know. It, it, they take this really small bubble and it just just sort of translate it somewhere else, and it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite work. I, I would say, and it's just something to kind of mark and. Pay attention to how they, how they how they fit in outside of Moscow. What that means for uh, a group of people who are very centrally located in sort of the city of the seat of power, and now they're they're just off in all of these other places, and it it, it mixes the social order a bit. And also, too, the ways that it doesn't mix the social order of uh, the extant Kazan population and those. You know, as you said, with Alexandra chastising her daughter for always meeting the same people, right? Mm-hmm. Like only talking to other evacuees of their own sort, which is sure. even to today uh, still a relevant issue for people like moving outside of their their home countries for war or other reasons. So you'd still see that trend. I'm sure something that Grossman himself saw um, as a writer working with his own family having been evacuated, I believe. Sure. What did you like about this chapter? Well... So I think I kind of gave it away with what we were writing about today, but 
the ways in which we had talked can't remember if it was last chapter I'm losing track of which chapter we talked about what that's probably for the best i don't think my mind could keep all of them together we're setting in now baby <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about uh, Chuikov and yermenko not being able to have their moment both people know that there's something to discuss and there's something really big for both of them and they're not able to bring that moment forward and i think an even more painful moment in relationships is when you both know there's an issue and you start to have that conversation and then abruptly realize that you can't right mm -hmm. alexandra and her uh, and her daughter are arguing all the time as the text notes the narrator, narrator tells us it's not really the issue there whatever they're arguing about is not the real issue um and then it comes to a head when you know they start talking about after the war and alexandra says i think it would be best if i didn't come for you come with you basically being like we need you know after this we need to part ways i don't think this is working out or at least that's my interpretation and the narrator says it was a difficult moment everything that had troubled both mother mother and daughter was now out in the open ludmilla however took offense as though she herself were in no way to blame alexandra vladimirovna saw the expression of hurt on her face and felt guilty so and then from there they don't carry on that conversation so the ways in which we aren't strong enough to even have the conversations even if we can start them to, to the strength to finish them um that's another you know painful poignant aspect of a relationship that i'm sure some of us some people listening have had right i've, I've been in those moments so just the ways in which he's he writes these characters we've already talked about yesterday but the weight of family the ways in which we talk about absence and loss and the ways we inflict e ourselves on each other right mm-hmm yeah, and I think that this, we already brought this up in a joking manner, but the sort of pecking order uh, and the family dynamics are, again, brought to the fore when Nadia is trying to, well, insultingly correct Victor, who, I, I don't know, Nadia is probably one of my favorite characters in the book. She's an absolute riot. And her mother, well, you know, her mother cautions her and the narrator says that the right to try and educate Victor was something she reserved for herself. And that was just like, um, I don't know. It's interesting because of course we all mimic our parents in some way or another, uh, intentionally or not. And right. Just the way that that is, you know, she learns to do this by her observed behavior of her mother, but that is not something she's allowed to do per se, or not in this moment. There's other points where she does do it. Um, but it's just a, again, one of these, one of these moments where Grossman's ability to understand family dynamics is really brought to the fore. Somebody, I don't know, it's, it's sometimes hard to explain to people like, you know, if you're an only child and you don't have siblings, what it's like to have siblings and where the, where that sort of line is with your siblings and what you can say and what you can't. And that all that exists with various members of your family or everybody's family, I think. Um, and Grossman kind of depicts that really well here. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and speaking of Nadia, I want to go to a comment from Discord user Leia today. Um, Powerhouse user. <laughs> power, yeah, absolutely. Um, to your point about how two people could be having a conversation and there just isn't the will from either party to say what needs to be said, the part that struck me most about this conversation between Ludmilla and Alexandra Vladimirovna, again, where so much is not said, is when Nadia drops this line, truth is good, but love is better the title of a new play by Ostrovsky. Then Alexandra Vladimirovna looked with some hostility, even fear at the schoolgirl who could work out things she hadn't yet worked out for herself. End quote from Tol Grossman. 
There is so much going on beneath the surface with this family. Tolstoy sets up a binary for us, war and peace, and as I've been dividing things up in my mind that way as a reader, war slash domesticity. But with this scene, and several times in the chapter on the front in Stalingrad, Grossman shows how the two worlds bleed together. Men on the front have the routines they cling to, a reflection of domestic life, and here the Shaposhnikovs are having quiet battles amongst themselves every day. It's it's a good point. Even in the all-out <laughs> war against the Nazis, just in, even in the face of the most horrific, I mean, just unimaginable destruction, there are still these really heady squabbles. And to me, some of this is still, I don't know, it's a sort of irreducible human nature that that we do with people that we're close to, uh, even if they don't. I don't know, even if you don't mean to, you know, hurt them or to eat, trying not to be annoyed with them, but there's just something about them that gets under your skin, no matter what the circumstances are. You will always, you know, behave in some way like this. Um, or somebody can bring that out of you. And that's a really human element, I think, of the novel, actually, that this is something that we cannot avoid. And it's not always our, it's not always our best side, but it is a side that we all have and can come out whenever, basically. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter. And it's almost, that, 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 that to me is where some of the humor kind of derives from in the novel where you're, you're going from. The, the front line to this and it's like why are you fighting but you you just can't not after you've been living with someone for 40 years i guess i don't know right and in this way that they had a common language yet not a common understanding we find much of the tragedy of the 20th century <laughs> <laughs> oh we should get matching tattoos <laughs> we've been trying to get matching tattoos forever I, you know, I, I think this is this could be a good one. This could be depending on how high we can get that counter. We'll see. In, in this musty Chicago tattoo shop, we find much of the tragedy of the 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, that's all I had to cover today. I thought that, I think that's a great place to leave it. Anything else you wanted to cover? No, just that uh, you'll hear from us again tomorrow. <laughs>